So I've got um, zero points today. So I'm Mitchell, how many do you have? 14? So I have zero. Um, I have four, uh, four Bible verses for us, though. So, um, yeah, so I, as I was preparing for this, honestly, I felt a lot of spiritual warfare around this. Um, literally today, as I was still trying to prep, as I tried to put my pen to paper, I literally, my head would get hot, and I, I, my brain would stop, like, thinking, and I would start sweating, which is like a, a, a physical reaction to, I think, something happening in the spirit, which, like, when, when you bring God's word or you uh, come to bring a message of hope or share the gospel, the devil will do anything he can to thwart that. So tonight, and I, I, I've been meditating on this for a couple weeks now on, um, on hope. Um, you know, if we, if we look around in the world that we live in today, if you look at like things, there's just hopelessness everywhere. There's hopelessness everywhere. People in the church, people in the world are filled with hopelessness. You know, there's a war going on in Ukraine, and you know, we came out of a, a pandemic that filled people with fear and hopelessness. We have people who have lost loved ones who are filled with a season of hopelessness. We have a drug epidemic that is, is, is ravaging our country and is filling people with hopelessness. We have families who have been praying for a loved one to come to the Lord and, and they're, they're, they're losing heart. And hopelessness comes because of sin. So sin entered the world. And the moment sin entered the world, hopelessness entered the world. So you see it in the garden where Adam and Eve sinned against the father and they were cast out of the garden and now they're separate from God. So that separation from God is where I think hopelessness resides, where it can thrive. If you don't know Jesus, you cannot have hope. Without him, there is no hope. So from the beginning of time, though, the moment hopelessness entered into the world, hope entered into the world. So all the way in the Old Testament, we see prophecies of Jesus over and over again where there's this promise of someone coming who will restore things. Someone coming who can bring hope. Someone coming who can set the captives free. So I want you guys to open right now to Isaiah 61. I'll give you guys a second to get there, but... While you go there, you know, what, what we see in this, this is a prophecy of Jesus. This is a foretelling of the one to come. And so 
I don't know how many years between when Isaiah prophesied this to when Jesus came. I didn't, I didn't look that up. I'm sure there's an estimated time frame. Um, but the moment that this prophecy, this specific one, came forth, now the Israelites, who the prophecy came to, were holding on to this hope. For years and years and years and years. There was, there was a hope that they that they were looking forward to, to someone who was going to, to do this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read this, okay? 61 verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So this prophecy came forward, and see the thing, the thing about hope is sometimes when things seem dark, hope can be that flicker of light. That allows us to still see in the dark. So I have this vision of when you're in like just a dark room, you can't see a thing. And hope is like a lighter. You know when you, if you flick a lighter, it, it's got like a spark and it, you can kind of see. But then that spark turns into a flame. And it, it doesn't light up much, but it lights up just enough in front of you to see where your next step is. That's hope. And so in this time, they got this prophecy and now there's, there's a little bit of hope. There's a little bit of hope that, that, there's, that there's someone coming who can heal the brokenhearted. There's, there's someone coming who's going to proclaim liberty to the captives. There's someone coming who's going to open prison doors to those who are bound. And so, so that, that message there now permeated them to where they're holding on to this for years and years and years. They're looking for this one to come. Go ahead and turn to Luke 4, chapter 18, or Luke 4, verse 18. Like I said, the moment hopelessness entered the world is the moment that hope entered the world. So we find ourselves in Luke chapter 4, verse, we'll say, I'll start at 17, okay? And Jesus is just about to begin his ministry, or he just did. And he's in his hometown of Nazareth, and he's in the synagogue, and um, it was Sabbath, and so they gave him, they gave him 
a scroll to read. And so this is where we'll start in verse 17. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So for however long they've been, they've known this prophecy. They knew the book of Isaiah. Now fast forward however many years that's been. Because in between there, in between Isaiah and Jeremiah and the prophets, there, was, there ended up being 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Can you imagine? So you were getting, they were getting prophecies. They were hearing from God and then silence for 400 years. Nothing. Not a whisper. Nothing. And then now here comes Jesus, and he reads this prophecy, and he says, now it's been fulfilled. So to them, it's the, the, I mean, there's their, their reaction is they run him out of town. But there's still power in what he's saying here. He's saying, this has now been fulfilled. So the one who was prophesied that is going to preach the gospel to the poor is now here on earth. The one who was sent to heal the brokenhearted was now here on earth. The one who was there to proclaim liberty to the captives was now here on earth. The one who was sent to give sight to the blind was now here on earth. The one who is going to set at liberty those who are oppressed was now here on earth. So for so long, they, they, I would say they were hopeless. And now hope has come. Hope has come onto the earth now. And he, his, he's about to begin his ministry. So when Jesus said he came to preach the gospel... To the poor. The poor is a class of people who have nothing to offer. I mean, so if you look at like our society, you know, you know, the poor are often looked down upon. You know, you see a homeless person on the street, and a lot of times we just walk right past them. We don't give them the time of day. Even as the church, we just don't pay them any mind, or what are they going to use the money for, or what are they even doing with it? I mean, all of these things go into our head, and I don't see at any point in time where Jesus was like, I wonder what they're going to do with it. 
And so a group of people, because I, I just picture somebody downtown Indianapolis, or I picture myself at one point walking the streets of South Florida homeless in the 100 degree temperature and just completely, utterly hopeless. Completely, utterly hopeless. There's so many of them out there today, and there were so many there in, in this moment of history when Jesus came to walk the earth. So Jesus then says, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Scripture says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if what he said here, what they prophesied before was true, and what he spoke here was true, that means... What he's speaking here, he's still doing today. So the hope that he fulfilled in this moment of history, he's still fulfilling today. And he's going to continue fulfilling tomorrow until the end of eternity. Because I know in here that there's people who need some hope. I know in here that there's people who feel like they've lost it all. I know that... There's people in here who, who feel like they just keep getting the, the tar knocked out of them by the devil and, and, and just need some light, just need some hope, just need, just need something, just need a touch from the Lord. And the only one, the only person who can give you hope for a broken heart is Jesus. You know, so... When, when, when he says he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, I think of, I think of the, the, the story of uh, Jairus, who, um, and, and his daughter was dying. And his daughter was dying, and she, she ended up dying, and Jesus went to his house, and everybody in the room was mourning, was mourning because... She, she had passed away. And, and Jesus, they, he said, he, he told them not to worry that, that she's sleeping. And then he, he rose her from the dead. He said, little girl, arise. And then they rejoiced. But before that, they mocked him. They, they ridiculed him because, and that's what hopelessness does. It, doesn't, it doesn't allow you to see past the current circumstances. Hopelessness will blind your vision. I believe by the Lord that when he says recovery of sight to the blind is because they're so hopeless they cannot look two feet in front of them they can't look one moment in front of them they are so consumed by hopelessness that they wish that they could just die but when he came and said I will give sight to the blind what he meant was he, yes he gave physical sight to the blind we see it over and over again in scripture where he would rub mud in someone's eyes and Gave them their sight back. Yes, he did that. But I believe that that when Jesus comes in, he can come in and he can bring sight back. Because he brings hope. When hopelessness would cause all to be dark around you, Jesus comes in and he can give your sight back. He can allow you to dream again. He can allow you to have hope for a tomorrow. To look past your current circumstances. To look past the current pain. That's who he is. 
you know, I, I, I think of the times that, you know, I'm, I'm in recovery. The Lord, the Lord delivered me from, from addiction. And I, and I, when I, when I read this, because I, I think of all the personal examples of, of people who are brokenhearted and how Jesus has healed them. You know, I think of the the times that my mom has has shared uh, stories with me of the times that she would just lay in her room at night and cry out to God because she didn't know what else to do. Her heart was so broken because of the current state of where my life was at that all she could do was just cry out to him. And today, I believe that by the Spirit of the Lord and because of, of Jesus, that he has restored her broken heart. I think of all the people in here who have had broken hearts and that the Lord has restored them. What Jesus did then, he's still doing now. The next thing he says is he came to proclaim liberty to the captives. Before Jesus, we were all held captive in our sin. We were all held captive, destined for hell. Until Jesus stepped in and paid the debt on a criminal's cross so that we could be in right standing with the Father. You see, because we were all captives. Every single one of us. We were captive to our sin, to sexual sin, depression, addiction, greed. You name it. We were captive to something. You know, I think of the guy, the criminal who was on the cross next to Jesus. And at his last words, he said, he asked Jesus that he could be, that, that, that he would be with him. And Jesus said, today you'll be in paradise with me. Like that's a guy who was, who was paying the debt for his crimes. And at the last second, Jesus stepped in. That guy needed some hope because he was literally hopeless. He was, he was done for. And sure enough, hope on a cross right next to him. What are the chances? Down to your last breath, Jesus can give someone hope. Down to their last breath. It doesn't matter how they live their entire life. It doesn't matter. Because with a truly repentant heart, even with your last breath, if you said, Jesus, I'm sorry, please forgive me, he'd do it. He would do it. But why wait till then? He came, he came to the proclaim liberty now. He came to proclaim liberty to you now. He wants to set you free. If you're stuck and you feel captive by something, he wants to set you free because that's who he is. Guys, the message of the gospel is hope. The gospel is a message of hope and a promise of freedom. That's what it is. You had to wrap it up in a nutshell. We're all, we were all slaves to something. Maybe you still are. If you don't have Jesus, you're still a slave. 
You're a slave to the devil, and he's tearing you apart. Hey, Hattie. <laughs> That's what freedom looks like. Good morning. <laughs> Children are a blessing. Amen. Amen. message here, this proclaiming liberty to the captives and we'll skip a line, set at liberty those who are oppressed. I think those people fall into the same category. You know, I, I, I think of the story of when Jesus, he crossed over a lake and he came into a region where there was a, a demon-possessed man who had been, he had been outcasted and and nobody could contain him. Jesus asked his name. The demon responded and said, We are legion, for we are many. There was no, there was no crowd. It was just Jesus and his disciples with this man. It, I mean, it, it, it talked about this man cutting himself with stones. a place that, that he was just, he was so tormented. And Jesus stepped in and cast that demon out and set that man free. He drove the, the, the demons into some pits and they, they went off of a cliff. And then everybody in the town found out what he had done. Now this man who nobody could contain, nobody could keep him bound was now free, and it scared them. So he set this oppressed man free, and it scared the people around. So they asked him to leave, and that man ended up evangelizing that whole area. That's what, that's what hope does. Because when, when Jesus meets you at your lowest moment, when Jesus meets you, when, when he met you in that moment that you were repressed, that you were a slave, that you were a captive, that, that you were blind, and he set you free, and he gave you a new life, and he gave you a new, a, a new spirit, he wants you to go tell somebody. He wants you to share that hope. He wants you to go and tell everybody around you what he's done for you. Because we live in a world that is dying and is hopeless. Look around. Why are we not shouting Jesus from the rooftops? The one who gives hope. Jesus has given hope from the beginning. He gave hope in this present time when he when he spoke this prophecy, when he when he walked the earth, he gave hope. And if Jesus is still the same as he was then, and he's the same forever, that means he's still giving us hope now. 
sometimes I think we get to a place where how, how does, you know, he, he can heal the broken heart of it. What if he took everything? What if we've lost a loved one? Because sometimes things can seem so hopeless that we turn to anything and everything besides the one who can heal us, besides the one who can bind up our broken heart, besides the one who can fix it. I know people who have broken hearts and, and, and turned to, to wiling out for the devil. They, they, they felt like God had robbed them of something. But please do not blame God for what the devil has done. Because it says in 1 John that the devil has been sinning from the beginning. But that the Son of God has come to destroy the works of the devil. So you know, the devil would try to use hopelessness to put out your flame from, to God. He would try to use hopelessness to, to blind you to your creator. He would try to use hopelessness to make you turn your back on the one who died for you. The one who gave you life. The one who gave you freedom. Sometimes things seem to so dark. So how could how could Jesus heal me now when your heart's in a million pieces? So turn to Revelation 21 for me. throughout the years um, and you know some of them had known the Lord some didn't you know and I know people go through heartbreak in life I mean indescribable heartbreak through this life and, and it doesn't make sense but if we look to the word of God and we believe that Jesus, every word of him, he has always spoken is true. If we believe that his word is true, if we believe that he gave hope at the beginning, if we believe that he's given us hope now or we've seen him give us hope, that means we can trust that he will always give us hope forever and eternity. So there will come a day when your heart may seem so broken, but I promise you, you can hold on to this hope in his word right here. So they read this, they read this verse a lot at funerals. But to move past the cliche of it, it's it's there, there's power here. There's a future hope. God gave hope in the past, he gives hope in our present, and he gives us a future hope. So Revelation 21, verse 1. Now I saw 
a heaven and a new earth. For the heaven, or in the, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to write, he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Sometimes things can seem so hopeless in our present, but when we look to the future hope of this word here, when we can look to this hope where he says, behold, I make all things new. I will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. Things seem so dark where we're at right now, like there's no way I can move past this. But if we believe God and his word and we look to see what he says, when we hold on to that future hope, when we hold on to that future hope, that future hope will then invade our present circumstances and give us hope in that moment. So it seems like all is hopeless. We look to what Jesus said and he says, I am making all things new. So even if I can't even move past this moment, I can trust his word and his promise that there will be no sorrow. So the sorrow that you're feeling now, there will come a day when it's no more. The tears that you're crying now, there will come a day when it's no more. The pain that you're feeling now, there'll come a day that there'll be no more. Yes. Because he says, I make all things new. Yeah. That's who he is. He's going to restore everything. That's who he is. And he didn't just, he's not just going to make, he, he, and so that's a promise you can hold on to. He loves you. Don't blame the devil for, or don't blame God for what the devil has done. Yeah. Don't let the hopelessness that he's tried to give you rob you of a hope for tomorrow. Or rob you of the hope of today. Because I promise you, Jesus wants to do a work in your life right now. And he doesn't want you to give up. He doesn't want you to throw in the towel. He doesn't want you to stop moving forward. Because I promise you, your present circumstances will not be forever. Because he promises you that he will restore everything. He also says in his word that, Behold, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. You know, a lot of us, you know, like, I, like I've been saying, have felt hopeless. But I promise you that if you give your life to Jesus, he will give you hope. Because the old things, your old life, the old things that you brought in here, that when you give your life to Jesus and you lay your old life, you are buried and you come back a new creation. Yeah. You come back a new creation. So, again, hopeless in your sin, hope in Jesus. That's the reality. We'll turn to Revelation 12, verse 11. We'll start in verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. The thing I want to focus on here is, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. You know, something that, that helped me when I was, um, you know, for 10 years struggling with addiction. And, um, you know, I, I think there were, there were times that, you know, I, I definitely felt hopeless. I know there were times my mom felt hopeless and my sister felt hopeless and my in-laws and, and my wife and, and countless other people felt, felt, felt hopeless. How, how the hopelessness of my life invaded others. Hopelessness is a plague. And it, and it just compounds. One person's hopelessness can become another, to another, to another, to another, before it's wrecked an entire family, before it's wrecked an entire church, before it's wrecked an entire country. If you look at the current state of things right now, hopelessness is ruling our land. Hopelessness is ruling our country. Hopelessness is ruling the world. I think of the, the untouchables in India because of a caste system that, that they're not even allowed to be touched or, and they're persecuted, they're hated. All because of they were born into this. It's like the, the insanity of that. Or or and, and people in those countries are in, in Kenya. There's 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 a famine going on right now. And and where's the hope? Where do, where do those kids have to hope? Or a family who's lost a child or, or or whatever. We have to look at those things. Hopelessness spreads, but hope also spreads. Yeah, it's good. Because you see what happened in a in an age of hopelessness when the the the. The people of Israel 
were oppressed by the Romans. Jesus comes in. You know, they, they had been hopeless, and the next thing you know is, is he died, he sent his Holy Spirit, and then hope filled the earth. Because that's the gospel. It's a message of hope and a promise of freedom. And like I said, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So when I first started getting sober, I'd go to these AA meetings and I would hear people share their stories. I'd hear them share their stories of how, you know, they, they got sober and, and things got better for them. You know, and it was for a long time, things didn't seem to get better for me. But there was still that flicker of hope that one day my life could look like theirs. That one day, I won't be plagued by this. You know, I think we've all been in that place where there's, there's been a moment in time when we were hopeless, and God did something in our life, and he, he gave us hope. And now I believe it's our responsibility to testify of when we were broken, we were captives, we were oppressed, we were depressed, we were possessed, whatever you want to call it, and it's on us now to testify, because when we testify what Jesus has done in our life, it gives other people hope that maybe their situation can change too. Yeah. And so I, I, I believe that there's people in here tonight who need hope, mm -hmm. and need to hear it in a real tangible way from people who have been in that hopeless state and God came in and turned their world around. That he brought light into darkness. So, I, I just felt like from the Lord that, um, Taylor, if you could come before me. I just, I just believe that some people need some hope tonight. And that Jesus, by the power of his Holy Spirit, is going to fill this place. And he's going to eradicate hopelessness. That he's going to literally crush the head of the serpent tonight. That, that some of you have been in such a dark place that Jesus is coming in. And he's not coming in with just that, that, that lighter tonight. He's coming in with a wildfire. And he's going to light your world up and bring hope to you. So maybe this has stirred on you. Maybe you've been in a place where you've felt broken, where you felt lost, or you felt hopeless. If you feel like that Jesus has done something great in your life, I want to encourage you. We'll just go one at a time. If you want to share a testimony of when Jesus came and gave you hope, I want to invite you to do so.